Hello and welcome to Sumo Mainichi. My name's Dave. I'm here with Amy and we're here to preview the upcoming basho that's starting tomorrow in Nagoya, Japan. How are you feeling about sumo coming Well, back? as soon as you started speaking, actually, I just started grinning and it was that kind of hearing that opening again and thinking about uh, watching some great sumo and, and having it just all consuming and surrounding us for uh, the next 15 days. It's just over 24 hours now before we'll start uh, broadcasting Jurio. Of course, it starts a little bit earlier than that with all the lower divisions, but um, yeah, we'll be talking about Jurio tomorrow. That's right, because uh, if you haven't been following, uh, Amy and I thought well, we're not committing enough doing a <laughs> podcast every day during the Basho. So we've started live commentating the Jurio division every Sunday of the Basho. So it tends to be in the hour leading up to Makuchi. Thank you for the people who joined us last time and who helped us through some uh, audio, <laughs> and I'd call them internet difficulties in our yeah. first edition, but uh, went smoother from there on in. We had to hook up the world's longest Ethernet cable it went all the way from the back of our house to the front and then everything worked. Worked a uh, lot better Possibly after that. not surprisingly. <laughs> so yeah, we'll st still be doing our everyday podcast episodes and we still have our, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, depending on what sort of social media person you are. I love Instagram. I'd probably always be the Instagram follower. Yeah. Love and pictures. so the huge thing here is that we have the uh, sumo being held outside of Tokyo, like we mentioned in our Banzuke episode, it's being held in Nagoya. Yes. You gave us some of your impressions of Nagoya then. What are, what are some others? Do you remember some uh, big places you like? Big. Oh, in Nagoya? Yeah. Uh, well, Nagoya Station yeah. building is a huge uh, twin building uh, thing that I think it's about 45, 50 floors that's above Nagoya Station. Uh, right up near the top is a sushi train that I highly recommend. I think we might have got off one day in Nagoya and gone up. Yes. On a Shinkansen ride. Uh, down the country, but that is a hell of a, a kaiten sushi up there. Beautiful. That's a good tip. That's mm. a hot tip for when we get to travel again in 2052. <laughs> Nagoya, it's so exciting. It's the uh, Dolphins Arena or the Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. It's right next to Nagoya Castle. I looked it up on Google Earth. It's such a lovely place. It's in the north of Nagoya. And uh, yeah, in this sort of parklands and looks like there's a whole lot of cafes and shops around it. So I've never, we've never been to the actual Sumo Stadium. So maybe that's one for the future as well. Yeah, put that on the list. So we wanted to say a little bit of a thank you to Graham Densham and uh, Scott Thin Finlay for running the uh, donation drive for Hibikiryu, the um, guy who was unfortunately, who, who died. And a whole lot of money was raised through to that and it was sent to his mother and they received confirmation wow. of her getting that and, and sort of putting it towards his his memorial service and, and even received some photos back. That's amazing. So just a lovely thing to have thought to have done and thank you so much for in being involved in that. That was on the 20th of June. So a date has been set for Koroshigiku's Danpatsu Shiki. Yes. So the Danpatsu Shiki is the retirement ceremony and obviously Koroshigiku retired a little while back, but with COVID disruptions and a long queue of Danpatsu Shiki that need to happen before that, he's locked in October 1st, 2022. It seems like all I'm doing now is thinking about going to Japan and putting dates in my diary to go. That's another one. That'd be so great to go to. Really special issue uh, for so many people. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time to have to have that long hair. I always think one of the great things about retiring from sumo would be to get rid of the long hair. Yeah. The 
how to resist the temptation to just pull it out behind you and chop it off. Well, because then you go with the slick back, goes well with a suit. It's a good look, uh, yeah. but it'll be a while before we see Kotoshigiku rocking that style. Yeah, because Araiso Oyakata looks so slick so in his suit. I mean, you can wear the suit right from the beginning. You can sort of look sharp that way, but mm. your hair's still mucking you up behind. Yeah, party on the top. No, it's business on the top, party in the clothes. It's business in the clothes. Business in the clothes. <laughs> business up top. Just different businesses, really. <laughs> party up top. Long, long hair party. Yep. So that's good news for Kotoshigiku or Hidenoyama Oyakata. Uh, we've seen a little bit of Olympics, a uh, little bit of Furikishi involved in the Olympics. Tonashima, he uh, had a bit of a go on the torch and so apparently did Nishikigi. How fast is Nishikigi? Well... There's there's a famous gif or a famous video of um, Rikishi running along the beach and they're mm. actually like super fast. I think it's with... Um, yeah, I think with, I've seen um, that one. Yeah, anyway. Nishikigi is not in that and I'm not sure that he would be that fast. No. But, but great... you only have to trot in the Yeah, that's true. That's like you true. don't want the torch to blow out. And, and I guess it's very much ceremonial. It's not a practical need to get the torch 20 kilometres you know, you, you run for probably 200 metres, get a few photos and then hand it on. Yeah, that's right. That was in his home prefecture of Iwate back in June. It's nice to know that Nishikigi is, you know, they got in touch with him. He's one of their, their homeboys. Yeah, great to see. <laughs> so it's also been announced some other sumo news that Kisnesato or Oraiso Oyakata is going to start a new Haya. This has been on the cards for a while. We haven't really known when he was going to do it. Because he's very much linked to um, the stable he's at now. He's linked to Takayasu. And finally, he's made that decision starting from August 1st. He's going to start his new stable. Well, we'll be keeping a very, very close eye on that one. And good to see Ohaya um, being set up outside of Tokyo. Yeah, he's going to take three new recruits with him, which I think is a great idea, sort of build from the ground up. And he's going to take one um, experienced guy. His name is Adachi. He's been a stable mate of his since 2002. So just a good, solid sumo guy. Is that enough? Um, depends on how good the new recruits are. Well, do you know what I mean? Just to get a Haya vibe going. Yeah. Is five people enough? Yeah, you'd have to be very friendly and all around at the same mm, time. Yeah. I don't think it's enough. I it's think he'll, enough. he'll need to get more yeah. fairly quickly, I think. And it does depend how those new recruits go. But imagine, yeah, yeah imagine being a new guy and joining a new stable and it's Kisnesato as the head. That'd Amazing. be thrilling. So Takiyasu won't be going with him. He's a long-time friend and training partner, but he has said that he wants to go to that stable as soon as they're allowed to practice and do Degeko uh, in, another, in another stable. He wants to go there all the time. Which, again, Sad. should be sometime around 2052. Yeah. The big news, really, of this basho is Hakuhor's return. Yes. It's been confirmed he's going to turn up on day one. He had knee surgery uh, between Basho last... No, it was the Basho before, wasn't it? Yeah, before May. Yep. yep. Um, he's done some media in the days leading up to this, confirmed that he'll be there. But the big question is how long will he stay around? Yeah, and it's a huge question really. I mean, we love to speculate in the sumo world and there's been a lot of speculation about Hakuho, his um, orthopedist, orthopedist. The person orthopedic who, surgeon. Orthopedic surgeon who um, <laughs> operated on his knees, weighed in as well. He said, you know, he's definitely going to be there, but how long he's going to be there for, he's not sure. Because like when you have that surgery done, you know, you can't, you can't walk, you can't yeah. walk upstairs. He's tracked his whole 
um, recovery. And one of the one of the interesting things I read is that they brought some of the dirt from Miyagino Bay to the rehab hospital so that when he did his recovery, which is a lot about, you know, at the start clenching, clenching your toes yeah, yeah. and moving your feet from side to side, he could do it in the sand because that was the feeling that he wanted to have with his feet. Yeah, okay. I'm sure someone just got it from the garden out, out the front of the hospital and yeah. they're like, Hakaho, this is this is dirt from the hair. Yeah, they just brought in some some garden bed dirt. <laughs> Here you go. No, I'm sure it was very legit. Yeah. I don't think you want to mess Hakuho around. Or did they, did they turn up with a wheelbarrow full of it and like start, you know, bury some sake in there and really stamp down a, a nice hard clay surface? Yeah, maybe they made a whole whole dough for him and all the other people at the rehab <laughs> hospital was like, what about my conditions? I would imagine that they would instigate some kind of training regime where they'd get other patients who are undergoing recovery and get them to do butsugati with Hakuho. <laughs> I imagine they've all got bung knees and <laughs> problems in there. Coming up in walking frames. In their body and Hakuho's there like, come on. Guys, fight me, fight me. But, I mean, it, it, all eyes are going to be on him tomorrow. That first day performance is going to be a big one. We're going to get a good look at the knee. We're going to get a good look at just how he's moving before the bout. Yeah, yeah. It it really does lend a hype. Every time I think it's more interesting without him, then I just sort of have a mental refresher of his career and what it's like for somebody of his stature to step up on the dojo and to do... Um, the Doyo Eerie and all of that. And, yeah. you know, it, it's hype. It's hype as anything. It, it's brilliant to have him back, but there's an extra layer layer to this as well in that if he doesn't perform here, I don't think we'll see him again. Yeah, yeah. And we have the word Yokozuna being put in the same sentence as a few other rikishi who are floating around that Ozeki pack. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's I mean, a real, coming up. a real crossover time for Sumo and it's going to go down in Nagoya. I don't know whether he can, just one extra thing. I don't know whether he can retire straight away because he needs to be an active Rikishi to participate in the Olympics. So even if he goes badly, no, I go think Kyujo. he needs to, yeah, he'd go Kyujo. He'd wait around for until the Olympics and then he'd retire after that, I think. But I mean, that doesn't change the fact of what you said. We wouldn't yeah. see him again in, um, yeah. in September. Yeah, so the up-and-comers. Yep. Terunofuji's the big name. Um, Isagahama Oyakata, his Oyakata, we should say, a little bit biased, was interviewed. He's always talked to before each Pasho because he's one of the senior guys. He is. He's the, face, his opinions. he's the face of sumo in many respects. Yep. So he said that if Terunofuji gets Yusho equivalent results, you know, there's a high chance of promotion for him. I okay. think everyone is on board with that. Yep, hard to disagree with him there. Yeah, Terada Fuji could be huge. Yep, a lot of question marks there around his knees. Um, it all comes down to the knee strength and can those knees survive the fifteen days? But he's been red hot. I expect him to do very, very well again here. Yeah, I mean, Isagahama was asked sort of as one of the members of the JSA, so he's like, yeah, absolutely, we'd, we'd promote him to Yokozuna. But then he was asked as his Oyakata, you know, can he do it? And he's like, oh, the knees are pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. So we're sort yeah. of hearing two things from him there. He also said that um, he wants Hakuho to, you know, gumbare and aim for the Yusho, of course. They're keen for that. And he also spoke about Takayasu. So he said that he wasn't on an Ozeki run and he kind of reiterated that feeling that he would need a Yusho to get back to Ozeki, which is just so harsh. It's the one thing that has eluded Takayasu his whole career is that Yusho. Yeah. I mean, 
We're about to jump into Kyujo news. Yeah, I mean, we should mention we it should now. We should talk about it now. Takiyasu is Kyujo. It's that back, the lower back is giving him problems again. I've heard talk of it being a herniated disc, but right. a very, very painful injury means he's having trouble walking around at the moment. I don't know exactly when it happened, but it did seem to come out after he stayed in Tokyo for a couple of extra days to actually do training with Araiso Oyakata. So um, whether that, you know, he shouldn't have and he should have just taken it easy for a few days before the basho or not, whether that final piece of training, the training against the but, ex-Yokozuna caused it. I mean, this isn't a new injury. No, it's not new. Um, That's right. It just would have been exacerbated. Exacerbated, exactly. Mm. I mean, he's been struggling with this lower back injury for, I mean, it's actually years now. So hopefully uh, it was great to see him back in Sanyaku and hopefully with this Kyujo we don't see too much of a slide for him. Yeah. Uh, But definitely needs to take it easy. Uh, Just going back to Isagahama in his interview around uh, Yogazuna prospects, there was a name he didn't mention. He didn't talk about Takakesha. Yeah. Takakesho apparently hasn't been much in the, the communications from the JSA. The media are, are quite about him. I mean, they love this idea of two um, two guys possibly and Takakesho being Japanese, you know, he sort of Absolutely. receives a bit of the focus sometime and they they think that he's on a rope run or a Yokozuna run. But, uh, yeah, Isagunama didn't even talk about him. So, so. disrespectful. A bit odd. Yeah. bit odd there. Uh, we've also got um, two new Komasubi it's worth mentioning and just keeping in our minds, Wakataka Kage and Meisei at their highest rank ever. It's their first time in Sanyaku. So great yeah, to see great them there. great to see there. So along with Takiyasu, there are another number of confirmed Kyujo Rikishi. Asunyama, of course, after, after the disgrace of uh, being caught out and about during COVID restrictions. Won't be seeing him for quite a while. Akisayama. Yeah. So this one only came out in the last few days. Uh, obviously, he was a broken man last Basho, really Boys struggled. Had a broken jaw. Literally a broken man with that broken jaw. Uh, at his age, an injury like this could take a long time to heal, but I don't think it's just the injury. It's the confidence of being able to put your head forward after suffering such a painful injury. Yeah, I think so. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him retire after this. I don't know. He's at Jury 07 now. And if he doesn't fight at all, like if he's not starting, you can't think that the the jaw or that, that confidence is going to fix itself in 15 days. So no. I think that would mean he'd drop to the bottom of Jury Maybe he'd have one more go at a comeback, but I think he's reaching the end of his career. And it was lovely to see, I don't want to call it too early, but it was lovely to see his He's come back. Oh, I think you're spot on about that. And I think we all should count ourselves very lucky to have witnessed uh, that amazing rise back to Makuchi. He got a lot of fans. He got a lot of new he fans. He did, didn't he? Yeah. In that time. And the final Kyujo in uh, the top division and Jurio is um, Ryudan, of course. So he's out for dilly-dallying around as well and breaking COVID restrictions. There are a few birthdays happening in in May and June. So Chiono, who we had the, the big... Realisation was Chio <laughs> from back when we started watching Sumo, the one and the same. He turned 30 on the 29th of May. Happy birthday, Chio no o. He's back in, uh, no, he's up the top of Jurio. Jurio. Yep. Is that right? Uh, Kagiyaki. Now, he turned 27 on June the 1st. Would you have said that Kagiyaki was 27 uh, years old? No, every time I see how old he is, I'm surprised. I always think he's a he's like five years older than yeah, he he's, is. Yeah, he's a spring chicken. He is. He's been around for... Quite a long time, I feel, up in the top division. 27 uh, on June 1st, so happy birthday to him. Hidna Umi, 
He's getting on, isn't he? He turned 32 on the 11th of June, saying he's getting on as someone in their 40s. <laughs> he's so young. Happy birthday, Hidna Umi. And Ura, he got a great birthday present. It was his return to Makauchi, not a bad birthday present. He turned 29 on the 22nd of June. Mm. I know I know what you're saying by that. Old? Well, I think he's given what he's achieved in sumo so far, 29 this needs to be his year. He's fought his way back from injury, coming back into Makuchi. What happens over these next few bash are very, very important for him. Yeah. Oh, everyone's going to be watching and, and very hyped about Hugely that. Hugely excited about that. I've also realised I've done Chiona or very dirty here. He is back in Makuchi. I don't know how that slipped my mind. He's back to uh, Makuchi 14, oh, in okay. fact. Uh, one below Ura, so... Happy birthday and welcome back to you as well. And it was uh, Kisunasato or Raiso Oyakata's birthday today, the 3rd of July. So I've sent a birthday package over there, um, a sumo mainichi care package. <laughs> He's 35 only. Wow. Wow. I always think whenever Achieved so much those guys retire and I yeah. start seeing them hang around with their mates and stuff, I start sort of pegging them as in their 50s. But he's 35. Yeah. All those guys, Toyonashima, Toshiozan, yeah. um, Kodayuki, all those guys who have just retired. They're wow. not that old. <laughs> anyway, we have a lovely debutant in Makuji. We spoke about him in our Banzuke edition. So I just wanted to give myself a little refresh on Ichi Yamamoto. He, uh, he started sumo in 2017. He rose really quickly. We thought he was going to hit uh, Makuji really quickly, but just when he was almost there, he was injured in 2019 and he's fought his way back through Makushita. So he, along with um, Ura's return and some other great storylines there down the bottom of Makuchi, is, makes it really well, exciting. Well, Takashori is back from Jurio too. I, you know, we spoke about this last time. I think he's a little lucky to get Makuchi promotion yeah. um, after being in the middle of the pack and I think posted a 10-5 from Jurio 6, he jumped, something like that. I think he, it might have been 9-6, I can't remember yeah. now, but he... he um, he jumped to Takayama, which I'm yes. a bit dirty about. <laughs> <laughs> he was robbed. Um, retirements. We've seen Toyo Hibiki. He was um, very much in sumo when we started watching. So he uh, he has retired now. He hasn't been um, well for a while. He hasn't been fighting for a while. And he's taking on the Yamashina Kabu. And I only start with him because now we're moving on to one of the biggest retirements we've seen. In our sumo careers. Well, I think it's personally very important for us, isn't it? Uh, Ikioi announced his retirement. How did you feel? Well, Everyone's been asking, yeah, are you I, okay? I'm okay. I'm okay now. But really, this retirement announcement was a long time coming. Um, I don't know about why he chose this moment in particular, but it feels like this has been coming for about six months. Or to, longer. longer. Or even, longer. Maybe. Well, you could argue quite a lot longer. Uh, we thought we'd have a bit of a retrospective of his career yes. to honour the great man as he leaves sumo, but hopefully not the sumo world. Yes, no, we, we would love him to stay in the sumo world. And it looks like he he will. He he has a kabu. He's going to assume the uh, Kasuge Yama name. Is he really? Yep. Good news. He snagged that. Great. Quite a few people have uh, had that one. It's been going around, but yep. he's got it now. Fantastic. Well, Ikioi, he was born on the 11th of October, 1986. His real name is Shota Toguchi. He's 34. He certainly is. Uh, now, interestingly, Ikioi was enrolled in a doyo from his preschool years. 
Oh, tiny little baby Ikki. Yeah, I know. Where do we find this? Hey, I looked. I couldn't find any footage of it. You've gone deep again. But I mean, it really, really shows that, you know, Ikki Sumo is his life. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that answers that question about why this retirement took a little longer than everyone would have expected. Yeah. He loves sumo. Yeah. It's, he's all about it. Yeah, it's um, in his blood. <laughs> interestingly, at that same local dojo, uh, Goedo was there. Oh, as a baby as well? Uh, yeah. I mean, can we, is there footage of I them fighting? My head is about to explode. But just the idea of preschool sumo. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. It's lovely. And girls do it too, which is awesome. Idea for a podcast, preschool sumo, my Nichi. Oh, yeah, we just... Where we commentate, we commentate the, the preschool yeah. bouts. It's cute because there actually was some footage that came out of little kids doing sumo in Japan at, yeah. at one of these organisations or whatever recently. And sometimes when they lose, they it's so much oh, yeah, a part yeah. of their cry. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Like as soon as they lose, as soon as they push down or something, they just start bawling. Well, also I've seen Tucker Keisho do exactly that same thing. Oh, tear watch. Yeah, tear watch. You'd be seeing a lot <laughs> of tears in preschool soon, <laughs> Well, Ikioi first tasted some success in 96. He was in fourth grade in elementary school and he came runner up at the National Children's Sumo Tournament. Okay, how do we get tickets to that? Stop. Come on, we (laughs) want to do it. So after junior high, he attempted to enter Hotoku Gakuen High School, which was known for its sumo program, but he wasn't able to get in. Okay. He failed the entrance exam apparently. spirit, but... Yeah, yeah. They, point, they, they saw what he was offering, but just couldn't back it up with the academic yeah. results, perhaps. Uh, and he decided to take a break from sumo at this point, and he worked in his parents' sushi restaurant for three years. So this is his mid-teens? This is teens, upper teens. Okay. Um, That's some good practical experience. Yeah, he was still training, but working in the restaurant. I mean, it really adds to this idea that I've got of Ikioi as a real renaissance man. Mm-hmm. You know, the sumo, the arts. Can cook. The knife skills, just the would blade skills. A, oh. Just would t- take you to a he would select kitchen the f- and make a beautiful meal for you. Well, I think it'd start with the selection of the freshest fish. Oh. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. He'd know how to. He'd know the right fisherman to talk to. Also, where is his parents' restaurant? Well, great question. So many questions. <laughs> At 18, Ikioi joined the Isnoumi stable and he first debuted in Mayazumo in March 2005. He took the Shikona uh, of Ikioi for his first pro tournament. Not one of these guys who mucks around changing names. Oh, I like that. That's really decisive. It's, it's cool to be the same and, and such a definitive name as well. I wonder when his preschool career was he Ikioi. Oh. Imagine that. Like when he was three, he's just he's like, like, guys, Mum and Dad, sit down. Changing my name. I'm Ikioi. It's Ikioi now. But like, in a cute little baby <laughs> voice. Guys, guys. Also in Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his second tournament in July in 2005, uh, down in Johnny Dunn, he went perfect 7-0, and zero, but he actually lost in a three-way playoff for the championship. Now, one of the big stories of Ikioi's early career, that at the age of 19, at the September 2006 tournament competing down in Makushita, he had a bit of a run-in with uh, the 39-year-old Kodokanyu. 39? Yeah. So at that, at that point, he was the uh, longest-serving rikishi uh, at that time. Kodokanyu objected to Ikioi's face-slapping techniques in their bout of that day. Oh. So following the bout, tracked down Ikioi in the uh, dressing rooms. Ikioi was having a bath. Oh, my gosh. And he went to town on him beat him up. 
Uh, Ikioi was forced to go Kyujo after what? the beating. And of course, the day after Kotokanyu handed in his resignation. Oh, wow. And Kotokanyu was up in... Oh, what well, no, it was down in, down in Makushta. Right, right, right. Yeah. But he'd been in Simo for a long time. Uh, just he had been, slapped. but he, I don't think he'd got, I'm not even sure he got out of Makushta. I mean, he was just he, a long serving Rikishi. Has he seen the Kimarati poster that we've got? You're allowed to slap. That's not allowed on one to slap. of the list yeah, of but I think techniques. His issue was, it was one of respect. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are stories that there's a lot of that kind of hazing business going on in Sumo and hopefully less now than there once was, but I'm shocked to hear that Ikioi was one of the victims. Well, I, didn't know I that mean, you know, he's such a, um, he's such a beautiful, gentle soul, Ikioi. Unless he's face slapping you in the, well, it's true. in the match. But as you said, it's all part of the game. Yeah. What goodness. is it? Don't hate the player, hate the game. Kotakanyu. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, Ikioi, he made his Jurio debut in November, 2008. And eleven, and instantly took out the Jurio Yusho with an amazing twelve three yeah, record. He did. After that, he put in a solid ten five at Jurio three the next Basho, and then made his Makuchi debut in March twenty twelve. Okay, so this was still before we were watching. This was before we were watching. So it's worth noting Ikioi's name is a single kanji or single Chinese character, and he was the first. Um, to have that single kanji name since Yokozuna Akabono oh, okay. came into Makuchi in 1990. It's, a f- it's funny to me, I-, I think we've seen a few others. Kagiyaki is yeah. a-, a single kanji, but I don't see too many rikishi down lower mm. taking that style. It's very powerful. Well, how can you? How can there be so much in one? Oh, this kanji? is a big question. <laughs> it's a very big question. Ask your Japanese teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get into that now. Um, so Ikioi established himself at Makuchi uh, and after two brief stints at Komasubi, Ikioi made it to his peak rank in May 2016 where he was promoted to Sekiwake after a 10-5 at Maigashira 4. Mm. That's generous. That is. If we were <laughs> doing very, the Banzuke. Uh, we would have said Banzuke, that was very, very generous. Would we have popped him up there? Probably not. Well, look, that was his peak and look, his Makuchi career was very, very solid over the next eight or nine years. He really explored the, the Maegashira ranks. There were multiple Kimboshis. Uh, he beat Hakuho three times in total. Yeah, I think he got quite a few um, gold Kim, stars. Yeah, he did. I think there might have been six or seven over his career. There were multiple Kanto Shores and in November 2015, he went Jun show with a 12-3. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tied with Hakuho that basho, but he was one behind uh, the eventual winner, Haruma Fuji. Uh, May 2018, Ikioi fought his 500th straight bout. Yeah, he never took one off. He never did took he? one off. It, to the point where, even since we'd started watching, he'd come into basho with injury and just go badly rather than taking the time yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. And there was one classic. T- I mean, since he, since he got injured at the end, he went for a long time without without taking a day off and he was very injured, but that basho when he had cellulitis. Well, I'm going to tell you about that. That was March 2019. Ah, Right. He was in front of his hometown audience. The cellulitis was kicking in, um, but he couldn't bring himself to withdraw. He Apparently he just didn't want to disappoint his hometown audience. That's very icky. It is very icky. I remember talking about that at the time. And I mean, cellulitis gives you a fever and everything, doesn't it? You are very, very sick. He only went on to win two bouts that basho. 
And from there, he was demoted to Jirio, and that ended his run of 585 Makuchi bouts in a row. Wow. Uh, he slid down to Jirio. He did pick up a Yusho there, uh, along with a Jun Yusho after losing in a playoff with Azamaru. But his return to Makuchi was a bit of a struggle. Uh, those injuries mm. were just piling up. That ankle, uh, I think it was the left ankle from memory, just gave him nothing to work with on the He was limping onto the doyo. He was limping even worse off the doyo after yeah. every time. He found it hard to move forward. There was a brief period where he suddenly... Yeah, he a, found it again. Yeah, yeah, had a revival of... I guess that was when he got back, when he got that Yusho and yes. moved back up to Makuchi. But yeah, then yeah. he was sort of staggering around again. Yeah, so when he returned to Jurio, it was three losing records in a row. Two of those were 312. Mm. So it was really sad to see. Uh, that's where him slipped to Makushta and he went Kyujo. And then in Thai. The rest is history. The well, is history. I've looked up his gold stars. Yes. Let's, let's return to his, his yes. shining form in 2016, which was when we started watching. So I think that's why, you know. Yeah, we saw him in good form then. He was he was right up there and, and we were really focused on him for that period of time. So he got five. He had uh, two wins over Hakuho, two over Kakuryu and one over Kiznesato. That's wow. pretty good. That's pretty good. There'd be very few Rikishi who could... Um, count those people together amongst the Yokozuna they've beat. Yeah. We heard some other news about him recently, actually. We don't hear a lot about personal the personal lives of Ricochet. Well, unless, you seem to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> might go and search it out. I don't know. But we heard in 2018 that he was engaged to the professional golfer, Higamamiko, and it was a. It seemed like a really great match. I mean, this is not really why relationships succeed, but their birthdays were on the same day, <laughs> and they were going to get married um, on their mutual birthday. Which you why know, not? What a fairy tale! Why not? And um, then we never heard about the the engagement happened. Presumably, never heard anything about it. Never heard anything about it. I reckon on this podcast we've said a number of times his wife, something about his wife. I assumed I just they were assumed married. it had happened. Yeah. It never happened. They, you know, had differences, whatever those differences were. We're not privy to that, nor should we be. But, uh, yeah, the engagement's off. He's a single man, ladies. He's 34. He's about to lose a whole lot of weight. Beautiful voice. Can cook. Appreciates fine well, wine. I made that up. Uh, he knows how to iron. He can iron. He can iron. We know now, look, that from his commercial. You know, the only missing piece of this puzzle is the haircut. Oh, yeah, he's got to get it in quick. Like, honestly, no exaggeration. It'll be 2023. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? It is a shame. Got to cut that off. Look out, ladies. Imagine if he got the zzz down the sides that um, oh. Kyoko Tenho has. Oh. I, yeah, I'd prefer a slicked back kind okay, of classic so a bit, look. Leave a bit more. Yeah, all leave around. a bit of length around the side. Slick it back. Yeah. There's a lot of guys getting around with their hair still. Like Tochio's on still. I know. He hasn't yeah, had his. I know. Kodiyuki, he's pretty fresh. Could could we look at a, a group Danpatsu Shiki? Oh, imagine the celebrations oh. for that. I mean, you, you just can't with COVID. You can't do anything fun. No, that's true. You don't want to leave your whole career without a celebration. I know that's yours and yours alone. Yeah, I understand, yeah, I understand why that. they're not doing it. I mean, yeah. I mean, a Shiki, has he even... No. He's just been put off so many times. Did it go through in the end? I've got to check out his hair. No, I no, I don't think it, we, we would hear if he had his. He didn't have much yeah. hair anyway, but um, yeah. Okay. Ikioi. The retirement of Ikioi is going to lead us beautifully into this Basho's karaoke corner, which we are wholly dedicating to Ikioi. 
Now, one of the challenges with uh, this particular Rikishi, mm -hmm. he's known to be an amazing singer. Yeah. Uh, we've featured him many times before. Uh, and with other Rikishi, you know, when I do connect to the dark web, use a Tor browser you know, <laughs> and go looking for these karaoke videos, you often see, you know, badly shot, noisy karaoke from, um, you know, after Basho parties, that kind of thing. But with Ikioi, there's so much great footage of him on TV shows, um, in the recording studio. We've heard a lot of him. Um, so I, I, I tried to pick out a couple of selections that showed a different side, the more relaxed okay. side of Ikioi. Oh, lovely. Uh, and the other thing to say is he's stylistically, he's very much an anchor singer. So that's the traditional uh, Japanese style of song, often called the Japanese blues. Uh, so, you know, while I would have loved to come out with some pop moments, it is all very much traditional, but that's fine. We're going to start off, uh, with Ikioi 2013. This is, uh, him singing on the 2013 Kumagaya Jungyo, which is the regional sumo tour that used to happen in oh, pre-COVID times. going to happen again? So much fun. Um, and if you don't know about Jungyos, they basically load a bunch of rikishi on a bus and they take them around to regional centres and they, they do exhibition matches, songs, they, they do skits, like yeah. kind of comedy skits. Comedy sumo. Very, very funny stuff. Uh, and they do, uh, part of the performance, uh, some rikishi will sing jinku or you know, traditional sumo songs. Uh, in this particular performance, we have six rikishi uh, standing up on the, the doyo. They all take it in turns passing singing. Passing the mic. Passing the mic. It's very much like a sumo cipher, isn't it? Oh, lovely. Ikioi very respectfully lets everyone go first. <laughs> they do a great job, uh, but then he steps into the middle. I'll take it from here, and guys. And carves it up. <laughs> Isn't it? Hearing that voice unadorned uh, is just magical. Yeah. And it's got that um, vibrato of that style that he's really good at and it's mm. so controlled. It's not, doesn't sound nervous or oh. you know, some of the guys singing for those, those things are younger and they sound a Absolutely. little bit nervous. He's just totally in control. At the end he dipped so low as well. That's nice to hear him go because I think this style if I understand correctly, it's often quite high as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but um, he went nice and low and it was really his and, baritone and this, voice. Watching this video too, it's just, he's just such a natural performer. It, it, at the point he starts singing, he stops being a ricochet, stops being a sports person and he becomes a singer. Yeah, there's a few people talking during it. I'm not sure about that. Oh, I mean, Respect. I'm imagining they're whispering like, how good how is good this is guy? It? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe how well he sings. So hopefully we get to see uh, Jung Yo starting again sometime soon in a post-COVID world. Yeah. Uh, quite a long time ago, 2013. Yeah. What Hiyo. was he? He was in uh, Makuchi. Yeah. For most of uh, 2013, or for all of 2013. So he was one of the top guys. And this particular video was shot in Kumagaya, a place I hadn't heard of. But, you know, often Jung Yo goes to places where you haven't heard of. Looked at it on the map. It's an hour and a half on the train northwest of Tokyo. Oh, so, so not might, that far away. No, it might have been on their first stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they deserve sumo too. Absolutely, they do. Well, speaking of travel and bus rides, this next song, I found a video of Ikioi singing on a bus uh, on his Facebook page. So let me set the scene on, for let you. Let me go and like that Facebook page straight away. <laughs> what do you mean he's got a Facebook page? Well, I'm not sure. It says it's official, but I don't know. Fan run maybe. So I imagine him just sitting there putting stuff up. <laughs> um, I'll set the scene. They're stuck in slow moving traffic on a freeway. A ricochet you might have heard of grabs the bus announcement um, microphone. Yeah. And he announces that he's going to sing a song called Ozora to Daichi no Nakade, which means the sky and the earth. Hakuho starts oh, singing. Hakuho. Hang on. Who announces? Ikkyo announces no, that. Hakuho grabs the mic. He says, I'm going to sing. He sings the first two lines, hands the bus microphone to Ikkyo. And again, Ikkyo just takes flight. では、歌の歌いと思います。松山千春の大空と大地の中で。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい
We know he's a great singer. We've heard him sing beautifully before, but there's a song that I found that I want to dedicate to him. This song is called Arigato, Arigato. And I just thought, what a beautiful way for us to go out. Thank you, Ikioi. This... Is it? Are you crying? No. I think you got a tear in your eye. No, I didn't. I think you're upset. Oh, I'm a bit upset. <laughs> um, so this performance comes from the Tokyo TV New Year Karaoke Battle 2014. Wow. So... Um, this is usually a show that runs on Monday nights in Japan, uh, 6.30 PM, if you are tuning in. Uh, but on New Year's Day, they have a longer four hour special. Ikioi uh, scored 89.447 for <laughs> this performance. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Arigato, indeed. What did you think of that? <laughs> oh, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, his voice, he goes up, no problems. He goes down, no problems. Beautiful string lines as well. Beautiful that, string they? lines. Did a little, 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 yeah. This song was originally performed by 80s anchor sensation Shoji Koganazawa. Koganazawa was most recently in the news in late 2020 for rear-ending a truck that was stopped at the traffic lights. Oh, no. Turned out he'd had a few drinks that morning. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Steer, steer clear of that, Ikioi. So please. better days. But Ikioi, we love you, mate. Yeah. The retirement's the right thing to do. We look forward to seeing you in and around Sumo for the I've years got my, to come. My camera zoomed in already for a big Sumo smile from Ikioi. We've loved seeing you fight and I'm sure you'll be listening to this podcast. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, back to you. This Basho? Yes. Nagoya Basho, July Basho. Let's talk about the matchups on day one. Well, the big one everyone is going to be looking at is Hakuho and Endo. This is the last. No, that's day two. Oh, <coughs> why do you do that, Sumo? Thing. What are you doing? <coughs> well, it's Meizei. The big bout that everyone's going to be keeping an eye on at the end of day one is Hakuho up against Meisei. Poor old Meisei. Day one, Komasubi, welcome to it. You've got Hakuho, another bout that oh, might maybe might be even bigger than that. It's Terunofuji and Endo, a rematch mm. of their 
about where Endo was the second person to beat Ternafuji. Yeah. Uh, Shitate Nage on day 14, we... which led to his playoff with uh, Taki, well, the loss of Takikesha the next day led to the playoff, but it, it brought them yeah, closer. Yeah, it certainly did. Endo, I really, really hope he can continue that form we saw last time. He's up at Maegashira 1. He's going to have a very, very difficult first week. Yeah, usually I can uh, put the bucket away for a few days at the start of a, oh, a basho, no but way. I'm getting it straight out um, and I'm getting ready to run around the couch a few times for those ones. We also have uh, the other Ozeki fights, uh, Daesho. Maegashira 1 Daesho against Takakesho. That classic. should be good. That'll be a classic. Ozeki Shodai, how on earth? I cannot even think how he's going to go up against Magashira 2, newly Magashira 2 Takanosho. Well, this is a big test for Knob Dog, isn't it? Just really, he's, really because massive. His first week is going to be so, so difficult at Magashira 2. He's going to be fighting the Rikishi he normally fights at the end of the Basho. I feel like he might have a, a fire under him. Mm, I wonder. He might have a new, new lease on uh, motivation perhaps because... To drop from Sekiwake, it's just no good. No, and it's a long way back for him. Mitakumi, uh, the new Sekiwake takes on Ichi Nojo. New for the like, seventh well, time. new for this time. And then Wakataka Kage, he doesn't have to go against a Yokozuna. He goes against Hokuto Fuji, who's Magashira 3, but still not easy. By not easy. They've met stretch. twice before and Wakataka Kage has beaten him both times. Mm. So has his number. Should we talk about predictions? Yes. Sure. You get three. I'm going to limit you to three. We're going to write these down and we're going to follow up. Because and we are never... they all predictions for the winner? Do I get three goes at the winner? Or... No, you can use your three however you like. You can make predictions that aren't winner-based. For okay. example, <laughs> Endo will get ten wins. Okay. Wow, I wish I'd thought about this before then if I had a No, this. it's about just gut reaction. Okay, all right, all right. So I think... Um, I am hoping for another Terunofuji Takakesho playoff because uh, we've had a diet of those over the last little bit and I think that would be really, really interesting to see again. And then a double promotion to Yokozuna. Yikes. Okay. So that's my second prediction. Yep. So first, the playoff. I think Terunofuji will win double promotion to Yokozuna. Um, and my third prediction would be I just don't see Hakuho lasting the 15 days. Okay. Well, one of my predictions is Hakuhol based. Hakuhol will withdraw on day four. Four, okay. Yeah, he'll give yep. himself three days, I reckon. Mm -hmm. uh, Wakataka Kage is going to be vying for Yusho. Yeah. But Takakesho will win. Okay. And my third prediction, because I, I kind of put two in one there. Okay. That was one sentence. And my third is that Ichi Yamamoto is going to scare a lot of people down at Maegashira 17. Oh, yeah. I think he's got that fresh technique that's going to catch a lot of people by surprise. Any predictions about Ura? Magashira 13. Uh, Ura will go 8-7. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true, actually. All right, well, they are our predictions. Have you written them down? No, well, yes, I have. In, in your, a manner of in speaking, in my mind. Well, that's what we always do and then we forget them. That's going to happen <laughs> again. We are ready for day one. It's tomorrow. We're hyped. Hopefully you are too and we will see you for Jurio. If you'd like to listen to us uh, broadcast it, you can uh, follow us on Twitter is probably the, the best way. It'll be a link through um, our podcast host Podbean. We're going to try that again and we'll put it out around the start time so you can just click on that and join and have a chat to us. 
Um, and then we'll put out our usually podcast tomorrow. So we'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Bye. Yeah.